morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. Thank you for being here in the house of the Lord. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for the opportunity to be in here, be here at your house this morning and to worship you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence this morning. Speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, we'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning. How's everybody doing today? Go ahead and turn over to page seven. We're seeing a few of the classic ones today. Trying to get back to the old, good old hymns. along each day and ask him for his blessing to keep us going on the right and straight and narrow.
Christians Fellowship. Go ahead and return our seats. Go ahead and turn to 142 when you get there. 142. Beautiful sunrise and even sunsets around here. But it's not just those that we can be thankful for. It's also the beauty of creation, the music of the birds, seeing our little creatures run around, but also for each other.
hearts for the message. Amen. I do appreciate you being here this morning. Uh, at first, I thought, where's everybody at? And then everybody started coming in. And so I do appreciate you being here this morning. It's already been a good, a good day to be in the Lord's house. And uh, I, I'm thankful that you're here. I was preparing the message for this morning, and the Lord started to deal with my heart. We've had, uh, we had one saved last Sunday after church. Amen. And uh, so I praise the Lord for that. And then yesterday, after our uh, prayer breakfast, we had another one saved. So uh, we are rejoicing in what the Lord is doing. And uh, I, I believe, though, that uh, there's a lot of people out there in churches today that um, have followed a plan or uh, but have new, never truly trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the uh, Lord just started dealing with my heart about this message today. I've entitled it, Don't Take the Bait. Don't take the bait. How many fishermen do we have out there? I know we got a few of them out there, uh, but don't take the bait. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. You ever wondered why there are so many denominations out there today? Uh, there's a lot of denominations out there. In this so-called Christianity, if you will, denomination alone, there are over 30,000 different denominations. So why all the confusion? What's all the confusion about? Uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14.33, For God is not an author of confusion, is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in the churches of all the, of the saints. If God's not the author of confusion, then who is? Why is there so much confusion out there today? I believe that Satan, from the beginning, started to try to confuse people from the beginning. With Adam and Eve, Satan tried to cause confusion with uh, God's people there. He started off by twisting God's word. Uh, in Genesis 3, 1 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made, and said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Don't be deceived. Satan knows the scriptures. He knows the scriptures. He will mix a little bit of truth with a lie. If I had brownies up here today, and uh, everybody likes brownies, especially Josh's brownies. We love Josh's brownies. But if we had brownies up here today, and I put a little bit of fertilizer in those brownies, but I put all the other fixtures in it, all the, the flour and the sugar and all that stuff, all the good stuff in there, but I just put a little bit of fertilizer in there. Would you want them? I wouldn't want them. But that's what Satan does. He gives us truths, but he puts a fertilizer in there too, a lie, to make it seem okay. You know what we are doing? We're eating up that junk. And I, I just want to call some attention to that. Don't be deceived. Satan knows the scriptures, and he will mix a little bit of truth with a lie and cause doubt. What he is, was doing was causing Eve to... Doubt what God told Adam. This is what God really said. He said in Genesis 2.16, he says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge and good of uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. That caused Eve to add to uh, the word of God. 
Not only did he cause doubt, but he caused Eve to doubt, uh, to doubt the word of God by Genesis 3.3. 3, it says, but the, the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. I remember Brother Bobby talking about this subject here, and he says, I believe that Satan, he went to Eve and he, he gave her the fruit. Some people think it's an apple. I don't know what fruit it was. Uh, um, I, I like apples, so it couldn't have been an apple. Uh, but anyways, it's a fruit, and he said, here, touch it. Touch it. Look, God, you're not going to die. And it was uh, appearing, to, it was well-pleasing to the eyes, and she, I, she probably touched it. And, but here's what happened. God said here, and the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Can I tell you, God's word is perfect. There's no need to add to it or take away, because if you add to something that is perfect, it's no longer perfect. If you take away from something that's perfect, it's no longer perfect. The Bible says in Revelation 22:19, And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy... God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. What God actually said was this in Genesis 2.17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. He never said you can't touch it. He says, For in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. After he caused Eve to doubt uh, by confusing, uh, uh, confusing her, he then caused her to deny the word of God and, and then to get her to disobey the word of God. You see, she was all confused. Today, why there are so many, uh, so many different religions and different uh, uh, you know, uh, affiliations out there is because the author of the confusion, author of confusion, the devil, he wants to divide and conquer. He wants to destroy us. You see, you are no match for Satan. You think, oh, I'll take on Satan. You are no match for Satan. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour you today. And without the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be devoured. You see... Again, Satan uses a little bit of truth, twisting it enough to confuse you and then causes you to doubt and ultimately uh, causes you to deny and disobey the Word of God. Many cults and religions today have started, why? Because of doubts and confusion. They'll take one scripture and take it out of context. And that's, what, that's where all these divisions, why all these religions have came up with. Satan loves this. Why? Because people are being deceived and they're doomed to hell because they're believing a lie. See, I want to preach a message I entitled, Don't Take the Bait. I want to talk to you about a portion of scripture this morning that has been so corrupted by uh, the world and by different religions. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 13. Romans 10, we know the scripture, probably many of us can quote it. Romans 10, 9-13 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
Whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord is over all, is rich unto all that call upon him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for the truths that are found in your word. Lord, you're not the author of confusion. You uh, give us all things that pertain to life and godliness, and that it's through the knowledge of you, through the knowledge of the word of God. Lord, I pray that you would illuminate our minds this morning. Help us to understand what we're being taught and what we're here today. Lord, I will not fail to thank you for all that you do. We'll give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. These verses tell us who can be saved. Say, who can be saved? The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be saved this morning. If you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you today is the day of salvation, and now is the accepted time. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. And 1 Peter 3.8 says, For Christ also hath suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust. Can I tell you, you're in that category. You're a part of the unjust. He was the just, we are the unjust. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3.9, He is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, these verses tells us not only who can be saved, but how we can be saved. The Bible says, Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Perhaps because of the simplicity of the gospel, it has been made the most confused and controversial doctrine in the, in the entire Bible. The devil's desire is to confuse or to change uh, and, and every, every truth that's taught in God's Word. He has taken the fundamental truths of God's Word, the fundamental doctrines in the Bible, and confused them in the minds of believers. See, the devil has taken the word of God and inserted and deleted and, and, and added to and twisted and, and the truths and caused a confusion, caused us to not know what the truth is. You see, there are no, there's no clear or simpler doctrine taught, yet in the devil's cunning way he has, clo- he has clouded the minds of many today. But don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. It is very simple. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way. There's not many spokes on the wheel. There's not many ways, many avenues to get to heaven. There's one way, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. See, our text today says it's very simple. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It isn't any, it, you can't make it any easier. You can't make it harder. It's the perfect will of God. Salvation is, is the completed work of Christ on the cross of Calvary. We celebrated that last week as Jesus Christ said, it is finished. You see, man can do nothing to improve it. Yet many false teachings today tell us that salvation comes through Jesus plus works. Jesus plus some kind of act of humanity. Again, this is not a new concept. Can I tell you, it was way back in the beginning, Satan tried to corrupt salvation since the beginning with Cain and Abel. 
Say, so what do you mean? Cain brought of the fruit of his work an offering. He, he labored for his offering, and he brought it to the Lord. Uh, that was a turnip or whatever, some kind of uh, offering there. But Abel brought a blood sacrifice to the Lord, and Abel's sacrifice was accepted, but Cain's was not accepted. Why? Because God was presenting a beautiful picture of salvation here. That salvation is not in works. The salvation is by grace and through the blood. We must understand that, folks. We can't take the bait. We can't believe Satan's lies this morning. The Bible says this in James 2.20, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? What do we do with that? Faith without works is dead. That means I'm not saved if I'm not working. Well, some would have you to believe that, but works is not a part of your salvation. Some churches today have taken this scripture and made a doctrine out of it called work salvation. And it appears that they're right if you read it and you, if you uh, take it with a closed mind and, with it, and not read the whole entire uh, scriptures all together. But comparing scripture with scripture, we can know and understand the principle of works. That we don't work in order to be saved, we work because we are saved. I do what I do not because I hope to get to heaven one day. I do what I do because I'm going to heaven and I want to show my good works. We've got to understand that. And so, number one, I want you to notice that your works is not a part of your salvation. The Bible says in Isaiah 64, verse 6, it says, But we are all as unclean things. And all our unrighteousness, all of our righteousness is filthy rags. Now, I've explained this before. Those filthy rags, uh, the lepers, they had the, lep- the ones that had leprosy, they would wrap their, uh, their leprosy up, their hands and their uh, uh, things such as that, and, and the sores, and they would wrap it up. And when those things got so stinky and so nasty, what they would do is they would discard those things to the side. Is what they do, and, and that's what he's comparing our righteousness, our good works, the things that we do uh, for our own glory and things such as that. He's saying, hey, everything that you do is as filthy rags. He says, and we are all to fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. The Bible says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. It's not because of your good works. Hey, hey, it's wonderful that you give to the poor and you do this and you do that and you help out people. Those things are all good and dandy, but it won't get you to heaven. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. How do we misunderstand this? Not of works, lest any man should boast. Why is it of works? Because we would boast in our own self. We would boast about it. Hey, look what I've done. But that's not going to get us to heaven. If you're doing some religious exercise to help you with salvation this morning, or if you've added goodness to the doctrine of salvation, that is adding works to the perfect, completed will of God. And you can't add or take away from something that is perfect. Then number two, water is not a part of your salvation. Baptism is not a part of your salvation. We have three, we have three people getting baptized this morning, praise the Lord. 
after the message, we're going to have that. But according to their testimony, they have already been saved. They have already trusted in the completed work of salvation. Now what they are doing, they're obeying the Lord's command and following the, uh, the Lord's command by uh, showing uh, the, the world that they've been saved. And, and I've explained to all the couples there that are those that are getting saved that uh, I, I do this every time and I can't get it off. Of, uh, you know that this means, it means that I'm married. When I have this ring on, it means that I'm married. But if I take it off, am I still married? I'm still married. This is just showing other people that I am married. Baptism is the same thing. Hey, I'm saved. Baptism is this. I'm showing other people. It's a picture. It's showing other people that I've been saved. That's all it is. It isn't, uh, you can't, uh, it's not part of your salvation. You see, the Bible says in Acts, and this is where people get the verse. This is where they take the, uh, the baptismal regeneration is what it's called. Okay, that's what they believe in, uh, uh, baptism in order to save them. The Bible says this in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for, remission, for the remission of the sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, that there, that verse right there tells me I have to be baptized in order to be saved, right? No, that's not what it's saying. The Bible's saying here, it says, uh, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for. Now, what that word for means, because of or due to. Okay, some churches today teach that in order to be saved, you must be, get baptized. This is what is known as baptismal regeneration. It's based on one phrase, for the repentance of sins. Those who hold to this doctrine, hold to the, uh, the interpretation to be being baptized for remission of sins. Or that salvation comes when someone is baptized. But the doctrine, that doctrine embraces a false teaching that one must be baptized in order to go to heaven. The thief on the cross wasn't baptized, folks. But Jesus said, today thou will be with me in paradise. You see, to hold to this position, one must intentionally misinterpret the word for. It does not mean for completion, but rather because of or due to. You know, just like this, I wear this ring not in order to be married... I wear this ring because I'm married. Do you understand? See, baptism only pictures salvation. It doesn't complete it. When a person adds baptism to salvation, they are confused about the doctrine of salvation. Don't take the bait. I don't care what people say. What does God's word say? If the thief on the cross, again, is in heaven today, then I want you to notice number three, signs and wonders. This is a big one today. It's not a part of your salvation. This is very popular today. The Bible says this in John 4, 48. Then said Jesus unto them, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. Some religious sects, they, they say salvation is not complete without some sort of sign or some sort of wonder that seeing a vision or, or speaking in an unknown tongue. 
They can't be saved. The Bible says this in Acts 2.2, it says this, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, and the Spirit gave them utterance. Some are not trusting in Jesus Christ alone. They're trusting in some experience that they, hey, I've I seen this vision. That does, hey, you can eat pizza late at night and see visions. That is not a part of your salvation. The devil can bring any number of signs and wonders and experiences into your life. Elijah found out that God was not present in great experiences. 1 King 19 says this, verse 11. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. You see, the doctrine of wonders means that uh, some sign or some wonder has to take place in order for you to be, or to be saved. If you are looking for a lightning bolt or a great clap or thunder, maybe some experience enable you to attain salvation or a spiritual miracle, you're deceived. Don't take the bait. Then I want you to notice number four. Waiting is not a part of your salvation. Have you ever heard someone say, well, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I'll just have to wait and see if I make it. Anybody ever heard that? I've heard it before. If, you, if you're not saved and you wait until, you, until that day, can I tell you it's too late? It'll be too late. That's why, I've chosen, uh, that's why I've chosen the same Savior that Paul did. He said this in 2 Timothy 1.12.4, The which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. 2 Timothy 4.6 says, For I am, now, I am now ready to be offered, and the, day, the time of my departure is at hand. Paul was not going to wait and see what was going to happen if his good works, if it weighed his, outweighed his bad works. He wasn't waiting. He was, he was prepared to meet his God. The book of Amos says, Prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. See, now if Paul knew he was going to heaven, then the saints today can know today also that we're going to heaven. Why? Because God is no respecter of persons. Jesus promised eternal life to all who believes on Him. See, that life eternal begins at that moment of salvation. Folks, when you listen to me, if you've never been saved, you don't understand what I'm talking about, but you that have been saved, that moment that you got saved, that moment that you trusted the Lord in His work on Calvary, trusted in that alone, can I tell you, that moment of salvation, when you accepted Him, you were bound for heaven. You are bound for heaven. The Bible says that whosoever shall, whosoever believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. Folks, we have eternal life 
because of what Jesus Christ did before us. The Bible says in 1 John 5.13, These things have I written unto you that you may uh, uh, believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. I don't go around hoping so or thinking so or maybe so or waiting to see so. I know so that I'm going to heaven. Jesus said he will draw all men unto him. There's no waiting there. See, he has already fulfilled his part of salvation. Then I want you to notice number five, weeping is not a part of salvation. Some people say unless you cry and get sob and tears and snot run down your face and you're not saved. Can I tell you, some people just didn't get saved that same way. Then they can't be saved. I can tell you this, in 1998, June the 13th, 1998 is when I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I cried and I cried. I first cried because I realized what a wretched soul I am. How wicked of a sinner I am. And I said, Lord, save me. I'm so sorry for what, I'm, uh, what I've done. And then I realized God forgave me and gave me salvation. Then I cried more because I was thankful for what he'd done. But that doesn't make me any more saved than someone that didn't shed a tear. Some people, I've witnessed to some people and they get saved, and you know what they started doing? <laughs> they started laughing. Some people couldn't hold it in, they started running. Some people started shouting. I've witnessed to some people, I've seen some people saved, and they were like, like a light bulb moment. They just didn't, they were like, wow. It isn't, it isn't, that isn't a part of your salvation, folks. The Bible does not require weeping. One must only believe, trust. Salvation is faith, not in tears. Then, number six, wrestling is not a part of your salvation. There are some denominations out there today that te testify that you have to wrestle and wrestle with God until you finally out-wrestle Him. Can I tell you, you're not going to out-wrestle God. Some churches require a person seeking salvation to kneel and pray and stay at that position until finally salvation comes. Can I tell you, salvation doesn't come because you wait or because you're sitting there wrestling with God. You see, that's not biblical. Some may do that. Some may fight against God's leading in their hearts. and I just, I just don't think... I can tell you this, that Sunday morning when I got, or Sunday evening when I got saved, Sunday morning God was dealing with my heart that I needed to be saved. And invitation time came and I just like, no, I ain't going. I ain't going. I knew in my heart that I needed to go and, and talk to someone about it. I knew that God was doing something in my heart and, and yeah, I wrestled with it a little bit. But that's not a part of salvation. That's not a part of it. See, I've heard some people talk about wrestling and wrestling with the devil until the wee hours of the morning before salvation. That may be the case with some, but wrestling is not a part of your salvation's plan. Salvation is in the complete work of Jesus Christ. Then, number seven, I'm going through these pretty quick. Number seven, wisdom is not a part of your salvation. Some people think, well, if I just know the Bible, then I can get my way to heaven. The Bible says this in 2 Timothy 3, 7, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning. The Pharisees, 
They knew the first book of the, the first five books of the Bible. They had it memorized. They knew the law. Yet it wasn't in their knowledge. It wasn't in their wisdom. See, these religious leaders of the day taught that if they were good enough and knew enough of the Bible, then they would be okay. You can have the entire Bible memorized and die and spend eternity in hell. Just because you know the Bible does not mean that you know the author of the Bible. I've read many books, but I can't tell you who wrote them all or anything about them. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can tell you all about the books, but I don't know nothing about the authors. So, if it's not works, if it's not water, if it's not wonders and waiting and weeping and wrestling and wisdom, then what is it? It's the way. It's the way. John, Acts uh, 4.12 says this, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John the Baptist there at the Jordan River saw the Lord Jesus coming toward him and said this, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Only Jesus can save you, folks. Only Jesus. He alone can save to the uttermost. You say, but pastor, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what kind of person I've been. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter. Jesus can save you. Paul, one of the, probably the greatest Christians of the New Testament there, he, he had Christians murdered. Yet the Bible tells us the Lord used him in great ways. God used him. You see, the Lord alone can make you a new person. He alone can cleanse your life and make you whole. He alone can give you eternal life. Religion, it will fail you. Organizations will fail you. Efforts and energy will fail you. Friends will fail you. But Jesus Christ alone, the only begotten Son of God that taketh away the sins of the world, will never fail you. You must trust Him. If you're adding something to God's perfect plan of salvation, then it's not salvation. You can't add to it. Why? Because it's perfect. Don't take the bait, folks. I don't care what people say. What does God say? That's what we need to, that's what we need to examine. What does God say? The old hymn writer wrote this, Only trust Him. Only trust Him. You see, some people think it's so easy that it can't be true. You ever heard that? If something's uh, too easy, then it can't be true. You've heard that before. Uh, my nephew is one of these guys that like to get rich quick schemes. I mean, he, he will do anything. I told him, I said, if it's too easy, it, it's, it's not true. But in this case, it's true. Jesus Christ is the only way. If you're here today and you don't know him, Today's the day of salvation. Don't trust in your works. Don't trust in, hey, don't trust in, because I've been baptized. I've been witnessing to people. I knock on people's door, and the first thing I ask them, hey, do you know for sure that you're saved? Do you know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die? Nine times out of ten, I hear people say, well, I got baptized. 
Folks, that's a lie. That's a lie from Satan. You say, you really going to say that, Pastor? I'm telling you, that's what God's Word says. It's not in the water. It's in your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone and His completed work when He died on the cross for your salvation. That alone is what we trust in. That He died, that He was buried, and He rose the third day according to the Scriptures. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. God is not a liar, folks. God is not a liar. It's one of his immutable truths. He cannot lie. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, may may I implore you today, implore you today to get saved, to trust him. We're going to have an invitation time in just a moment, and I'm going to encourage you, if you don't know for sure if you were to die today, that heaven's your home. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar. And we can share with you from not what I have to say, but what God has to say. I want to encourage you to do that today with every head bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you hear this morning, you say, Pastor, I followed a plan, but I've never truly trusted in the person, the work. I've never truly trusted in what Jesus Christ did. I, I, I followed a plan. I, I said a prayer, but I've never truly trusted in the person. Pastor, pray for me. I just don't know for sure that if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that, I I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to come embarrass you, I promise you. I just want to pray for you. Pastor, pray for me. I just don't know for sure. Would you raise your hand? Anyone like that? Anyone? Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved. But I haven't been doing what I should for the Lord. I haven't been working like I should. Not in order for salvation, but just because I want to be pleasing to Him. I haven't been doing like I should. I haven't been obeying like I should. Pastor, pray for me. I need to get some things right in my heart. Yes, I see your hand. Anyone else? I see your hand. Anyone else? Pastor, pray for me. I need to get some things right before the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, you know each heart. You've seen the hands, but Lord, you know the hearts. Lord, I ask if there's one here that doesn't know you that today would be the day of salvation. You said in your word, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Lord, I pray that you would convict them of their sins right now before it's eternally too late. Lord, for those that raise their hand for there's some areas in their life that's just not right. Lord, I pray that you do a work in their life, that they, they see that they, the need to get some things right and they'll come to an altar and confess those things. You said in your word that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, Lord, I pray that you do a great work, that you would get the praise and the honor and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet as God has spoke to your heart? I'm going to encourage you just to find a place at the altar. For those that are getting prepared for for the baptism, why don't you go ahead and find your place you're here this morning you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ I encourage you today today's the day of salvation and now's the accepted time won't you come maybe you're here and you say pastor I haven't been doing what I should there my life hasn't been doing adding up to what I should be doing pastor I need to get right with the Lord won't you come There's no one in here that's going to judge you because every one of us are guilty. We're all guilty. But can I tell you, I want to encourage you. 
find a place at the altar and get some things right with God this morning. Just as I am, without any plea. don't take the bait don't trust what Satan has to say or the Bible says if I or any other angel or any any angel come down and present a different another gospel which is not another he said let him be accursed folks we're sharing the word of God only trust him dealing with hearts. I'm going to have you go ahead and be seated, but there's invitation time is always open. God has spoke to your heart. I don't care if I'm in the middle of the message. If God speaks to you, feel free to come to the altar and deal with the Lord. That's the most important work is obedience to the Lord. Go ahead and turn over to 524, sing about our testimony of salvation.
appreciate you again being here this morning. Let me give you a few announcements as the men come forward. We'll take up this morning's tithes and offerings. I want to remind you of a couple things here. 
uh, the couples retreat uh, April the 27th and 28th and uh, please remember that and uh, we'll get you further details about that a little bit later uh, April the 29th through May the 2nd Sunday through Wednesday is our spring revival with Dr. Sanders encourage you to be, begin praying about that and then also make sure you're here each night for that and then Saturday May the 5th is our prayer breakfast and then we'll plan on going out door knocking afterwards and then Monday May the 7th there's a sign-up sheet on the back table for our ladies banquet and that's going to be at 6:30. and the theme this year is under construction we want all the ladies to come bring some friends if that'd be fine we'll have plenty of food and fellowship and uh, then also let me remind you Miss Kathy Light has a birthday uh, this week so happy birthday to Miss Kathy and then our missionary of the week this week is uh, Kelly and Deb McMaster our deacon of the week brother Travis Ivers he's not here this morning he's sick so you uh, remember him in your prayers and then our family of the week is brother Sean Miss Kimberly Josh and Eli McGinnis and then our trustee of the week brother Phil Bousman you remember these folks in your prayers if you will all right uh, brother Eli sir would you please ask the blessing being here this morning and let's uh, all stand we'll close in a word of prayer and rejoicing in what the Lord has done come back tonight see what the Lord has for us looking forward to another wonderful service tonight brother Jimmy sir would you please close us in a word of prayer